This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Pit Pass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. This is Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Each and every week we come to you through the courtesy of our friends at Evergreen Podcast Productions. Look for them online. Lifestyle programming at its best. It's Evergreen, and we look forward to uh, talking to you every week. In studio is uh, PJ Duran. He makes his return to the program this week. Welcome back, PJ. Thank you very much. We missed you, brother. I got to tell you. Yeah. And I missed being here. Well, and, 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 and then there's Tony Wink, of course, to my left, one of the uh, mainstays of the program, one of the original founders of the show. Tony, how are you? I'm an OG, as they call me. You are an OG, OG. And, it's, and it's almost like fireworks season. I know oh, you've been oh, busy. It means old guy. Yeah, uh, very busy. We've got our locations ramping up. We no, open, wait, whoa, 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 open whoa, whoa. You said locations. How many locations do you have? I got three locations this year. We, really? Yep, we are um, two in my... In, in Winterset, and then another one up here closer to Des Moines. So, so that's in Iowa, of course. But if you'd like more information about PJ or Hicklin Power Sports, we invite you to go to hicklinpowersports.com. Uh, on the program, Tony, you want to list out our guests from the bottom up, please. From the bottom up, we're going to talk to Bryce Prince, who's obviously uh, Superstock, uh, 2016 Superstock 600. Um, he This guy has uh, been on the show many times. Very Tuned fast. racing, right? Tuned racing guy. Tuned racing. Yeah. Tuned Industries, Yamaha, the uh, R6. And then we're going to talk to the fastest mortgage banker in the world, <laughs> Jeff May. <laughs> the uh, world. That's right. He corrected me last time when I said in the U.S. <laughs> he said in the world, bud. <laughs> uh, Colton Haker is going to be on, who is the uh, just took his third world championship title of uh, of his career in the World Super Enduro. Um, so that's, that's pretty cool. We haven't had Haker on in a little bit of a – a while, and then uh, the journeyman Johnny Lewis, who is a longtime flat track guy, and and uh, kind of uh, just really um, made his way. He he continues to to race and be involved in the sport in the AFT, and uh, we're gonna talk to him. And then of course uh, Bobby Fong, who's currently in second place in the Moto America. Well, Super before sport. we yeah, before we get to Bobby Fong and uh, Jack, I would invite you to just turn our headphones up just a tiny bit if you would. Uh, let's go to PJ Duran with uh, our hot takes, brought to you in part by Hicklin Power Sports. HicklinPowerSports.com. PJ. Well, we had World Superbike Racing in Jerez, Spain this previous weekend. Race one found Batista on the Ducati continuing to dominate with Vandermark in second and 
reigning champion Jonathan Ray in third race two. Saw Vandermark take the top spot. Ray take second place. And the young Razgat Lioglu take third <laughs> with uh, Batista crashing. Say it, say it again. Oh, Razgat Lioglu okay. is his name. Um <laughs> Yes, and I I nailed that. That is actually the right way to say his name. Sounds like an expensive cooler brand. Uh, yeah, there's there's a, a country over there. The Glues. They call any of the racers that come from there the Glues. I want to say it might be Turkey. I need to get his point of origin. My apologies if that isn't Turkish, but I think it is. Is racing big in Turkey? There's definitely been some racers out of Turkey, yeah. Is that right? I had no idea. Tony, did you know that the Middle Eastern countries of Turkey and Afghanistan, Iraq... Uh, Iran uh, are big fans of uh, motorcycle racing. Yes, a lot of oil money there, and they they uh, they definitely, definitely build racetracks. There's actually a lot of motocrossers that come over here, and uh, guy I know, Dennis Stapleton, who also works for Wiseco Piston, as uh, with me, uh, we I see him at a lot of events. He actually trains a lot of those kids. Is that right? To come over, and uh, I uh, he'll say he's a glorified babysitter, but um, the kids, the parents come over, and they they. They got money and they spend it to uh, train their kids to race motocross. Nothing wrong with that. So, yeah, we'll take cool. it as a worldwide sport and worldwide concern, as it should be. That's one of the great things about motorcycle racing in all disciplines. We welcome everybody as we should. It's uh, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Jack and Leanne DeLeon producing our program. Chris Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson is in the... Uh, uh, in the sick bay, as it were, and we wish him the best in his recovery, and we look forward to his return in the coming weeks. Tony, next guest, first guest. Well, I, I referred to Johnny Lewis as a journeyman, but maybe I should have referred to Bobby Fong as a journeyman because he's raced, he's logged uh, close to like 40 AMA Pro and, and, and Moto America podium finishes across five classes, and that's pretty impressive. He currently sits second place in the Moto America Supersport. He joins us now, Bobby Fong. Hi, Bobby. Hey guys, thanks for having me, Bobby Fong. We love you. What's up, boys? Well, there's a brand new Fong's Pizza open up in the Drake area. Jeez. We mention that every time you're on, Bobby. No, I, no, this is a new location. <laughs> yes, and Bobby probably hasn't had the advantage of getting any of their delicious pie yet. Bobby, I was at Road America. Congrats on race two, your big win. You were at the top of the podium or near it in both those races. Uh, nice work. Uh, you are you're killing it. Are you ready to take over this title hunt or what? Yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm pretty excited. I'm not gonna lie. After after VIR and crashing both races and the one in the wet and then the unfortunate race one, I definitely need to bounce back and get at least uh, closer in the championship. Hell, the points have been so up and down in the supersport class. I mean, I feel like uh, you know, one second somebody's leading the championship, the next they're fifth. You know, so it's definitely been an up and down, <laughs> up and down points chase uh, in the beginning of the year. But um, looking forward to Miller this weekend, and I think we're going to do good. Um, it might suit the Yamahas just a little bit better, but uh, I'm excited to uh, face the challenge. Bobby, you're having a, again a great season. Um, you are, as Scott alluded to, you're, you are a bit of a journeyman in the in American road racing. Um, you've done a bit of everything. Uh, are you, are you real satisfied and, and clearly you're, you're gelling with your bike and your team X star M4 team is, is one of the best out there. Are, are you dying to get on a different bike? Or are you pretty well pleased with where you're at in this point in your career? Honestly, I'm pretty well pleased. I'm not going to lie. I, uh, 
this is one of the better teams I've been on in my whole career. And we're winning. You know, I can't complain. You know, I can't really complain. And uh, the next step is to win the championship. And just we're taking a race weekend uh, each weekend at a time. And you know, anything can happen. You know, we got. It seems like every single race weekend we go to is uh, is raining. So the, the chances, obviously, of throwing it down the road and a lot of a lot of things happen in the wet, as we all know. And we're just trying to uh, keep it upright, get some points, and try not to get too cocky because obviously there's it's plenty of competition out there with my teammate and uh, and plenty of other R sixes out there to uh, do battle with. So um, we're just you know we're training harder than ever. It's a standard thing that racers do. Well, most racers. Um, so, uh, <laughs> main thing is just uh, I, I, most racers. So the main thing uh, is just to keep a, a level head for for myself. How's that's, your that, that's the biggest thing. How's the equipment you're on? I mean, obviously it's it's working. You're is there you guys still test at all? I mean, is there is there any kind of tweaks or or uh, you pretty well set and it's just going racing now? Man, it's crazy the bike. I mean, Suzuki made a good bike ten years ago, you know, and it's never changed. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's definitely a, a, it's a great bike. I, I mean, I can't complain, and it's plenty fast. And the, the thing handles like a dream. I'm not going to lie, and I'm not just saying that just because I'm on the team. But uh, the thing is amazing, and obviously, I have I have a solid crew behind me who's been there for thirty years plus, and uh, you know they've been they won plenty of championships. So basically, we go on the race. We don't test. Um, we go to East race weekend. We most likely have a we have a baseline for almost every single track we go to, just from all the other ride, all the riders that has ridden this bike. And since the bike hasn't changed, we got plenty of data. Even though my riding style is a little bit different, we kind of we play around at riding. You know, with the bike setup from Martin Cardenas to Danny Eslick to Valentine DeBees to Dane Westby to you know, all the, the the top runners out there who's won on this bike. So we kind of have a mixture of settings in my bike, and so we don't we don't really need a guess too much. How can so, you get away with running I mean, a bike? Some tracks. Go ahead, Bobby. How do you get away with running a bike that that's that old and and be like competitive. yeah competitive and and winning? And I mean, it just it to me it just it seems very odd that uh, that it would it you can be competitive on a bike that's a decade old. What well, doesn't it fly in the face of what? the manufacturers would like to believe or us to believe anyway, that we have to buy the most recent, the newest, uh, to be the fastest. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, definitely Suzuki has a good bike, but I mean, if you're following the races, I mean, we, we definitely lack in some areas that the Yamaha is just, just a little bit, uh, has just a little bit of an advantage, you know, like, uh, the, the flowing tracks, the fast change in direction, the Yamaha is really agile. It's really well known. It's, a flowing motorcycle. The, the Suzuki is a little bit heavier, and uh, you know, especially in the rain races, and just like going, this is a standard thing of just going into the corner a little bit harder. We got to use our clutch. We don't have uh, electronics for engine braking. Everything is just really mechanical on the thing. Um, so, and it's all just a twist of the wrist. You know, even in the wet, you know, everything's everything's more, a lot more rider input. The Yamahas, you know, they have that auto blip so they could go a little bit deeper in the corners without using the clutch they got uh tracks control they don't need willy control it's a dang 600 but you know they have all that ad uh, advantage that they could use but i mean like i said suzuki's built such a great bike years ago there's not much uh we can do on our end on the electronic side but um bike setup wise i mean we're pretty mint 
Yeah, and to be clear, it is the latest and greatest offering from Suzuki. They just haven't made a, a significant update to what he's alluding to. So it's clearly working for you and your teammate. You both managed to just nip uh, the other uh, class hot rod or one of the class hot rods in Hayden Gillum uh, at the line at Road America, which we know is... I mean, that was what a race. You guys were literally at it to the last corner. Um, was it was similar in the first race? I didn't get as close a view of that one. Uh, in, the, in the first race, it was, you know, the conditions are starting out of the race. It was a little bit, the conditions weren't that great because it just rained a whole bunch a few hours prior to our race. So the track wasn't that great. And we chose a little harder tire than, um, than everybody out there. We were the only one on the harder tire. And it took us a little bit to get going. Uh, I felt like Caden pulled a little bit of gap in the beginning of the race, and then and then started to uh, and then I started working my way up to him up to the front. But uh, teammate uh, tried to try to win the race that one and went for a good pass and passed me and Hayden on the last lap. And um, it, it was just more of a gamble, you know. Uh, with such a big straightaways there, it's more of a gamble on the last lap on who's going to do what. So um, we ended up second in that one, which I can't complain and. We got some points, but uh, this, the, the second race, we chose a different tire, and I knew I had pace, and I knew I wasn't going to get away just because that track just, you can never really pull away, especially with the draft on that track. If you could if you could just get a little bit of the slipstream, nobody's really going to pull away if you're decent in the infield. So I knew uh, I had a little bit of pace at the end, and we, we try to save as much uh, much of my energy and tire until the end of the race, and, so that, and then I uh, dropped the hammer down, so... Um, you know, I can't wait for Miller. It's going to be a different story there with, you know, not that big of straightaways and all the flowy corners, which the Yamahas kind of excel on, it, it seems like. But um, like I said, I'm ready for the challenge and I'm ready to get out there. I'm definitely stoked. I wasn't too, I wasn't 100% fit going into um, Road America, too, because I went motocrossing the Saturday before and just jarred my back. It, like, compressed my back pretty good on this, like, double-double that I was doing. And so I wasn't completely fit and uh, definitely was pretty fatigued with my back most of the weekend. But um, 100%, back to 100% now and looking forward to a strong two-day event. Red racers don't motocross. You don't... Uh... Not generally not well. It always ends up with a story like Bobby just told. Well, I was out practicing yeah. and then broken. Yeah. What do you... The littlest things. I mean, you could just stub your... You, stick your foot out in a wrong rut and your next thing you know you got a broken ankle or a broken kneecap it's it's just ridiculous i do that um, announcing races. Man, I love, I mean, yeah it's sad. crazy i mean but i love motocross and i'm not that great at it but i love the training aspect of it not mainly just like physical just like the mental side of it you know mm -hmm. so it, um i mean i try to i try to do that you know a few times during the week just to just to stay mentally sharp and how is uh, you mentioned or alluded to your uh, youngest teammate Sean Dylan Kelly? Isn't he's pretty much right on the minimum age requirement for Moto America? How's how is it having such a young guy around? It's good, man. Honestly, I feel old. I feel old, and uh, <laughs> but it, it's it's good to have a young teammate. He's uh, he's a lot brighter. You know, he he doesn't act his age. You know, he's, he acts um, a lot older than what he is, and obviously, you can tell his riding is is on point and. It's good to have a fast teammate. Right. I don't want him so close to me, but at the end of the day, it's uh, it's actually helping me uh, step up my game a little bit too. You know, how old so are you now, Bobby? I want twenty-four. 
27. 27. Yeah, that's oh. that's hugely old. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, it's 10, 10 years more than uh, Mr. Sean Dillon Kelly, right? So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know. That's but, a uh, big uh, number. Uh, oh, for sure. And uh he uh, it, at the at the same point, you know, he definitely has almost as much experience as I do. I right. mean, he grew up in GP. He grew up in the GP era, you know what I mean? He he grew up racing Moto3 and lived in a Moto3 camp in Europe and so he has plenty of experience for being so young, and obviously you can tell his riding phenomenal out there. It's good to have a fast teammate because it's definitely making me step up my game because that's the last person I'll, I'll want to try to get beat by. We're talking with Bobby Fong. Of course, you know him as a, a great super sport racer, but more than anything, a student of the sport. This interview brought to you in part by our friends at Factory Outlet Fireworks. Look for him. Three exciting locations as we get close to July 4th. Want to lay in your firework orders now. Uh, the great prices are out there. All you got to do is, and, and mention Pit Pass when you go, if you would, please. Uh, let's go back to PJ. PJ, this is a guy that literally... And we predict this, you know, predict this all along the way. He's going to be a top five guy for a long time. And at 27 years old, he's still got a window. Yep. And Bobby, you are, you're on the path, man. Uh, it's so good to see you uh, in the Moto America paddock again. I know historically it hasn't been the easiest paddock for anybody. Um, there's only a couple of cherry premium rides and kudos to you for sticking around uh keeping your hat in the ring thank and you, thank you and taking taking the rides that matter and, and making the most of them like you're doing right now no thanks boys i appreciate the i appreciate the kudos and you know like i said i'm, I'm always gonna try 100 until i uh until i'm not doing that great anymore and then it's time to get a day job and figure out what, the, what am i gonna do next but, what, what uh, would you do in a day like job to... what i mean work at menards or what would you do um well we don't have a Menards here in NorCal, but yes, probably Menards. <laughs> Home Depot. <laughs> probably, probably Menards or Home Depot. Tony, so Ralph. For a while, <laughs> Tony, would you walk up to him in the plumbing department and say, hey, I need this? <laughs> I don't like Menards. You can go work at, work at Ralph's in the produce or something. I mean, you got. <laughs> no, where, where, did, where, did, uh, where did Ricky Bobby work after he didn't race anymore with a Domino? <laughs> Domino. Was a Domino? Yeah. Was a pizza delivery guy. Pizza delivery guy yeah, on the BMX bike. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Ricky Bobby. Yeah, yeah, that, that might be me. <laughs> I'm yeah, whatever, but buddy, I'd hire you in a heartbeat. I got to tell you that. And the industry, Thanks, the industry is not ready to uh, let you go anytime soon. But it's always fun. And it's fun to look ahead. Um, up against clock, uh, sponsor roll. Who you got? Uh, M4, M4 Suzuki, SR Suzuki, and uh, John Ulrich, Chris Ulrich, obviously, and sure. um, just everybody who supported Arise everybody who's been supporting me over the years to uh to make this happen and i'm going to try to do my best and try to get this champion my first championship and uh nah, hopefully uh, i have some more years to come of racing but uh i'm treating it every day like my last for sure this is almost like we're doing a tribute show <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry bobby i didn't want it to go that way but um you're how, good you're good how important are john and chris Ulrich to our sport uh Honestly, they're so important to the sport, especially with the air funds and the auction fund they have going on, the two-up rides. Yeah. And I tell you, man, you definitely don't want John or Chris Orange to be on your bad side. They, <laughs> no. they are two people you do not want to get in an argument with ever. They're I, my two favorite interviews, i got to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I first-hand witness one of John's enemies, and that's the last person I felt uncomfortable. So, yeah, John Orange is an intimidating man, but he's also a smart man, and uh, they do a lot for our sport. 
Well, in that case, you know, and we're going to take your you at your word because we haven't agree. Bobby Fong has been our guest. Bobby, it's always good to talk to you, brother. Thanks for jumping on first in the uh, in the program, but it's uh, it's always interesting to hear your takes. I appreciate it. No, I appreciate it, boys. Thanks for having me, and uh, looking forward to hearing from you guys soon. Bobby Fong on the program. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, part of the uh, Evergreen Podcast Production System. Look for Evergreen online, evergreenpodcast.com. You can also hear us on the iHeartMedia app, free around the world, and it is the largest app. Uh, by the way, we were one of the very first that they had, and we're proud of that. We're also proud to be one of the top two uh, programs on the Evergreen production or evergreenpodcast.com system so i look for a diverse and uh, dynamically curated blend of creative programs including this show it is pit pass motor racing weekly jack it's all you sports stars they're like superheroes but they're actually real which is why we've made a podcast about them you see they've all got a story but too many of these stories were cut short Kobe Bryant Payne Stewart Flojo Phil Hughes Justin Fashionew We're writing episodes about all of them And sadly many more Death of a Sports Star A new series from Crowd Network